0: hey guys what's up welcome to this week's episode of the small business surgeon podcast and i don't normally get so so excited about having a uh, a guest on but this particular guest guys he is uh apex executive he's high level rt syndicate he owns his own coaching program he's a public speaker he's just a phenomenal all-around dude and i am like humbled that he has come to hang out with us on the small business surgeons today so guys please welcome my good friend dr b welcome to show sir
1: hey thanks sam I'm, i finally i got invited for years i've been trying to get on this damn show and you wouldn't invite <laughs> ah, me i had to go make something myself to actually get invited by you on here
0: that's that's how to get on man you know build yourself a reputation build yourself a following and then hit me up but uh nah <laughs> come on it's uh it's my absolute <laughs> pleasure that you're finally here sir um and as i as i welcome you to the show um you know public speaker you're you're a uh dr b's coaching i mean just tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up sitting on top of the pile man because uh, you're an excellent example to us all
1: <laughs> well shit you know i look at all the stuff i do and i try not to because then i'm like man i'm exhausted you know i look good <laughs> i look old for 25 so you know but no <laughs> um no i mean it's i'm having a blast and you know how i got into this and this it, it's i didn't have a plan this is what i want to do and this is what i want to do mm-hmm. it's more of yeah i want to i want to experience this and then the opportunity came to me
0: isn't Instead that how it always me, works
1: it, it, it's know? how it should but how mm-hmm. it does if you really pay attention that's why if you if you experience if you feel bad bad shit's gonna happen if you feel good mm. good stuff's gonna be happening but people don't realize that, you know, they want the money first, you know, and then they get the money. Then it's like, well, this isn't what I thought it would be, you know, no, go that? for the experience. And, you know, the last, I'm going to say, Sam, the last four or five years, I've been just living from the heart. Well, um, I can tell you when I started living from the heart, when I sold the clinics uh-huh. and I got out from under a lot of that, and I did my courses and just doing passive income,
0: mm-hmm. I started
1: realizing who I am and just living from the heart. And it's so been you're actually a like a ride. real
0: doctor, right? You're actually a real doctor.
1: Because <laughs> I'm, yes.
0: to- I'm totally not a fucking surgeon, mate. I just wrote that behind me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I am. I, I actually went to osteopathic school, then I went to chiropractic school, yes.
0: No, nah, dude, like if I was uh, if I was on an airplane and somebody had a heart attack, I'd be like, uh, nope, <laughs> not me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I probably would do the same thing. I haven't seen a patient in like 15 years now. I mean, but yeah, I mean, no, I uh, I went to went to osteopathic school i was going to be a foot and ankle reconstructive surgeon and wow i became class president so i got to see all the aspects all different courses Mm -hmm. but after about two years it 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 didn't jive with me because it was more like all right you go to the class they learn about this condition then this drug to treat the condition yeah okay next class here's another condition and another drug Mm -hmm. it's like all right so after like five classes you got all these drugs and then after a while it was okay now here's the drug here's the drug to get rid of all the drugs all it was all the side partly effects polypharmacopia yeah. and i was like this isn't for me i mean this is not what i want to do so you know my wife is like well crap we just moved across the country what do we want to do we got three kids let's figure this shit out so mm-hmm. you know I a um, a buddy said well, why don't you go to chiropractic school and i said dude those guys are quacks. i am not doing that mm-hmm. yeah they don't you?" they'll
0: till you need one mate like until you need and, one and then you can't well, turn you can't turn your head and you're like yeah I probably should go
1: you know my background's working in hospitals and rehab and all that then i went mm-hmm. to med school but i went to a, a local one i said hey would you mind if i shadowed you for a day i'll just keep out of the way mm-hmm. and she was cool well she went in and she did blood work on the people she did x rays. she did um a lot of uh, mechanical stuff and i'm like you know this is like rehab and then she also had a weight loss thing and i was like you know i could see me doing this, so. I went and checked out the school and i did and we had our house in des moines iowa mm-hmm. and the school was in davenport it was three hours away so i left the wife and kids uh monday morning drove stayed down there all week came back home on the weekends did that for four years wow got out then i had a varied background you know cairo and the other so I got the proverb I guess you could say it's the proverbial offer you couldn't refuse. <laughs> as soon as I got out of school, hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year to start working for a clinic in Kentucky. So, you know, we were we were kids living on I mean, a great night for us was ramen soup. I mean, yeah, you know, so so most I think we made. My wife was manager of Walmart back then was thirty thousand. So oh, you get wow. an offer of a hundred and fifty, yeah. it's like hey, we're there. You so we did. Yeah, and, think- and then I just
0: I keep ramen at home, you know, just occasionally. If I'm ever feeling upset with myself, I can go and eat ramen and look back and see how far <laughs> I've come.
1: Absolutely, you know, I'm telling If we, re- it was like nights like our anniversaries, it was Hamburger Helper. But mm. ramen soup was a good night. Hamburger Helper, that's anniversary night. I mean, we were that poor. So, mm, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not kidding you.
0: No, I mean, like, so- I've been there, been there. When, when we first started out with, uh, with with marriage and stuff, it was rice and gravy. I would put gravy and cheese on it, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, and then, you know, you, you grow up a bit, and you get offered a, a better job. For me, it was about 55,000 a year. It wasn't 150 a year, but it was life-changing, just immediately, oh. like, you know. It's, it's yeah. almost like I went from a kid to a grown-up overnight. Like, I got a real salary, and I could buy real <laughs> things. And this was in, like, uh, 2004, so 55,000 a year for a 24-year-old then was, was quite a significant amount of money. You know, as oh, as I imagine, 150 grand was back in uh, you know, 1928 when you were uh, graduating.
1: Yeah, well, we we got a new horse and buggy. We updated, and the saddle had the little spur things on it. I mean, it was great.
0: <laughs> I mean, we're two minutes into this podcast. I don't think I've ever laughed so much. I don't know if I should mute myself or not. Um, but it's it, it's funny because you've got this air about you that it's it's, it's always it's always joyous and uh, and and. Almost jolly, but that's far too associated with Santa Claus. But I'm trying to describe what you're. I'm like. gonna say,
1: call me fat now. Call no. me, call me old. Fat. I love your podcast, man. No, no,
0: no, joyous, joyous. You, you, you exude joy, um, and exuberance, and it's just like I'm trying to get like focused on the serious bit of Doctor B, um, yep. and the bit that fits in the small business surgeon. So you add. Let's, let's go back to your journey about how you jumped out from your, uh, your education into your $150,000 a year. Let's move forward from there. And tell me what happened next and uh, what life was like as the doctor.
1: Well, I am always used to doing things like ready, fire, aim. That's, I've always done that. So I told my wife after I, it was a multidisciplinary clinic, medical doctors, PTs. Mm-hmm. And I became quickly, within six months, I was the director of the clinic. I mean, it blew up. And I told my wife, I said, "Hell, I can do this on my own. They're paying yeah. me 150, but this guy's bringing in almost 3,000 a month. Mm-hmm. I, I can do this." So I said, "She goes, well, what do you think?" I said, "Well, I already, I already quit." <laughs> She's like, "Excuse me, what?"
0: Yeah, so you just came out with a business plan, and uh, by the way, I'm working on this full time now.
1: Pretty much. So it's like, okay, so what are we doing? I said, well, I'm going to go down south. There's another clinic I think we're going to take over to. So we did, and I modeled that, but I did it better. I, you know, you do it your way, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. we kept going. So we became one of the, if not if not the largest decompression center in the United States inside of a couple of years. And then it was like, wow, this is like McDonald's. They don't have the best hamburgers, but they got a good system. Right. So I kept the system and I did another clinic. And then pretty soon, these decompression tables are like 150,000 each. The manufacturers were calling me and said, "Listen, you're on your eighth one right now. What, what the hell are you doing?" Doctors wow. are calling us about you. Right. So they contacted me and said, "Hey, we want to make you our international medical director. We're going to be putting on shows. We want you to be the speaker and fly around once, sometimes twice a month, and talk to audiences." Wow. They're going to pay me money to do it. So I have my clinics running. Dude, how do I so get that job? Almost, almost <laughs> 10 years. I was the guy.
0: Wow. I, I want to get you know, that job. Just fly around and talk to people. would be wonderful. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I checked the stats. I managed mm-hmm. my stats. So we ended up, long story short, we ended up doing seven high-end clinics. Mm-hmm. We had all the stuff, you know, medical and everything. We had that. We were the guys. Um, it wasn't the ones that came in and said, yeah, I got a little prick on my neck, you know. No, the ones that seen us were like, hey, I, I, my bowel and bladders, I can't control it. My foot's dropping. I can't, you know, we, we've seen the worst of the worst. See, so- I, I have
0: no idea what happens when a, a spine is adversely compressed. My, I, I don't know the, the medical benefits or the, or the reasons behind it. When you said decompression, I was thinking hyperbaric chambers.
1: <laughs> well a decompression so if you have a disc you know you get your two b- vertebrae well uh-huh. i'm trying to talk if people are listening to this they, they won't be able to see it so if you have your two bones your yep. backbones and in between is a spongy disc mm-hmm. well if you push those bones down it's like a like a balloon it'll mush out
0: okay yeah
1: so you get a herniated disc mm-hmm. well what happens is it'll hit one of the nerves and go down your leg down your arm because oh. the,
0: the nerves run the nerves run down the, down the spine too right so the, yeah. disc, the disc hits okay, that makes sense. So
1: like an L5 disc goes all the way down to your big toe. Oh, wow. So what we would do is put them in our machines and it would basically pull them apart. It was like an advanced traction and so it like, would suck the disc back in. Oh, then we would wow. rehab them.
0: That's crazy. So, so it's like, like a rack, like you're stretching them and pulling the space apart to allow the disc to get back in there, huh?
1: Absolutely. And that was actually one of our our um, marketing ads. As a marketer, we, we had a pe- person on a torture rack. Did so you, that was one of our newspaper ads.
0: This is going to go down as today I learned because I had no idea that this was even a thing. And you've built an entire career out of it. In like oh, yeah. Seven locations. I had no idea. None.
1: Yeah. I, but here's here's the kicker. So mm-hmm. here I'll give you the picture. You wanted to talk serious and what we yeah. did. Mm-hmm. We um, came out big salary. We bought the house of our dreams. We bought it from a church. A hundred acres woods in the back the bluffs it had a commercial baseball field had a commercial swimming pool we bought it from church wow okay uh, almost eight thousand square foot i mean it was a mansion so we bought it we lived in that well it was a church it, well it was a house <laughs> but you know the, i'm gonna put in air quotes for you that can't see me the minister built it but the uh, church really built it. Yeah. So, but, so hey we bought it and so we it was lived embezzlement there. We
0: manor we'll call
1: it I, I cannot confirm nor deny those accusations <laughs> but um so we had that that was our compound and we almost paid it off but we we're living the high on the hog sam i i had four corvettes all the harleys you know mm-hmm. we had all the toys you know it was I, a big, big
0: house big bills man
1: what, I'm, a, what I'm a doctor traveling the world right i'm in magazines people interviewing. you know I, i'm that guy
0: i love it and
1: what happened is our main flagship clinic in our town there was an ortho neuro group. They're like a 50 million a year business. They said, Hey, we want you in our building with us. We're going to refer you all of our patients that fit this criteria. It was like the Willy Wonka golden ticket.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: they said, we're building a new building beside it, It's going to be a D one fitness center. We're going to be working with pro athlete. We want you. All right. So we, we had to do a build out. Our build out for this was almost a million dollars. So, what did i do i came from a poor background you know i'm a high school dropout i had no mentors so what happened i leveraged my farm our mm-hmm. our land mm-hmm. we built it out we had waterfall i mean just you know a million dollar build out come on i mean it was a huge deal yeah. doctors were flying yeah. in we were doing we were on tv with the, this and we were doing good and then that was in 2007 2008 hit and you know what happened then
0: mm-hmm. So, how did that uh, how did that leverage work out for you in two thousand
1: eight? yeah it it did not work out at all for us. so mm-hmm. we were getting I remember going to the p o box to get our checks mm-hmm. and I'd be getting multiple checks of two thousand five thousand daily, you know in yeah. after two thousand eight and Obamacare hit, those checks went take off two zeros down to like two hundred and three hundred. Wow. And we couldn't do anything about it because the whole insurance platform changed. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, my overhead was 140 thousand a month. So it's like it doesn't. So we kept leveraging our farm, borrowing, borrowing, borrowing. After a while, we uh, we had to. So we suffered a bankruptcy. I wow. lost a couple of clinics, and we sold our clinics, what we had left. We lost the house. I I, I will never forget the tow truck towing out. My kids' mini bikes they're wondering what's going on. They towed our cars, they left us one car, no house, and we sold all our belongings so it's like geez, here we are back again, you know after all this struggle dropping out then going on uh we're back to square one
0: that's crazy so, man you i, I have- mean, you'd think you'd think with that level of uh success that you'd think that the the that I keep coming back to this saying. They say that making money is an art form, and yet keeping money is a science. And uh, we, we have to learn the art first, and oftentimes, in learning the science of it, we lose what we generated while we learn the art. And um, you know, it, it happened, absolutely it happened to me. So, but but wow, you I, I I thought I was doing good. You know, had the house, the cars, the, the the money coming in, the businesses, but nowhere near the level you were at. How did it feel? like it sucked the, the day after, <laughs> I got. how did it feel the day after like I, we all know it, it fucking sucked we
1: all know that it, but how did it feel the, the day next, after the I day? didn't feel anything mm-hmm. I didn't feel anything it what was did, the dark nights of the soul at 3am where you felt it what dude
0: what did you do like what was it well, like because how like I, I went down the bottom of a fucking bottle dude like I did I, I shut everything yeah. out and drank it away and you know I
1: wondered what my purpose was because it's like why would I get this opportunity to only lose it because when we dropped out of high school we were living on welfare we were two kids with mm-hmm, a baby right Mrs. George Bush the president picked me I had dinner with her she talked to me and she sponsored my GED the first president's wife Wow and she got me um, a nurse assistant course that's what started my medical training It's like well why would you give me all this and then take it away yeah, yeah. but you know as they were taking it out, i i here's the mistake that i made i thought i was dr holly i lost who brian was Mm -hmm. so i had to redefine myself i had to find myself so we moved out on the coast we rented the house out in san diego with her by her sister and that's when i rediscovered what i wanted to do who i was again yeah that's when i started developing i told my wife all right i'm ready to get back doing something after about a year I said, here's what I want to do. I'm going to create stuff where I'm not dependent on insurance, where I'm not trading my time for money. That's when I created all my courses. I got over almost 60 courses now uh, for medical massage, how to do business and all that. And they've been running passive ever since. And for about five years, we ran, we're doing that. We're still doing that. I still got money, but I mean, quarter of a million to half a million a year on different Shopify sites, passive income. Oh wow. You're we just kicking back. But the problem is there's this is what I tell people. Passive income's great, but it's lonely. Mm-hmm. And you lose your sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. So I told the wife, I said there's more music in me. I gotta get back in. Then I started looking at groups, started getting uh, involved with Arate, Lion's Den, and doing other things. Then I found Apex and I came in and that's how I started doing this and got involved. Then I went to executives because of my background. Right. Then people were like, dude, you you were nothing. You made millions and you lost it. Then you're back up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want you to be my coach. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want a coach that's only only hit home runs. You want someone that's failed and got back up. That's a coach.
0: Yeah. So yeah. you want
1: that experience. And I started doing that and I loved it. Now I'm on the road. Now I'm doing things and shit. I'm Now I'm partners with seven companies now. And I'm about to come out with the Dr. B endorsed mattress.
0: Oh I, yes, out. I heard about that. That sounds uh, that sounds like a really really cracking idea, man. Tell us, just 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 go for a minute on that and uh, and how you all came up with that idea because that's a that's a collaboration with an apex, isn't it?
1: it? It is. It's one of those things you just show up. Mm-hmm. So I'm always a big believer, and I've learned this: show up, showing up, and being available is half the battle. So the gentleman approached me, said, "Hey, I'd like to talk to you." He goes, "I own a mattress store," and he said, I'm looking at doing something. I'd love for you to partner with me on this. I want a physician-endorsed mattress. Mm-hmm. He goes, we can certain stitch, certain density along the spine. I want to make it. Then we were then we were just sitting down over dinner and saying, yeah, let's make it flippable. So we can do a soft side and a hard side. Let's do it for Airbnbs so they can cater it. And we'll put Dr. B-endorsed. And we'll put a QR code where they can click on it. And they'll go to the website. And I'll talk to them all about the mattress. And he's like, let's do it. So. 30 days. Uh, no, this past weekend, Sam, at the event. Um, we uh, he, we got everything done. And within 30 days, it's going to be in showrooms.
0: I mean, if you are going specifically uh, for the Airbnb market, you could just call it instead of Dr. B. You could call it Dr. B and B.
1: I don't know. Dr. B, but hey, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there you are with the market. Just I did. It. I did put a post out there uh, on Facebook. I say, hey, would you like to sleep with Dr. B was mm. my title. And you know, I got a lot of response. I got a lot of weird DMs with that one, though. Yeah. So I'm not going that route.
0: Is is that why you're sitting so uncomfortably right now, during this interview? You get a lot of interest. Pretty much. In that, yeah. you know. That's
1: why I'm leaning to the left. Ah, makes
0: sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I couldn't ride my bike for a week. So, um, anyway. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Let... Hey, I'm a I'm a pitcher, not a catcher, by the way. So, yeah.
0: Oh, we went there. It's all right. You know, I think once once Clint Riggin... Opened the the doorway and actually said the word "cunt" on my podcast. Just about everything else has been fair play. So uh, yeah, Doctor B with the uh, the terrible sex jokes. We'll we'll allow it. We'll allow it. We'll just continue.
1: (laughs) I am a doctor, so so I know things. Like (laughs) go ahead.
0: All right. So aside from mattresses and everything else, dude, you've you've had a wonderful, wonderful like just story and career and transitions between one thing and and uh, man. What is your mission? Like, where are you going What's my mission? This? Yeah, what's your mission here? What are, you, what are you trying to do?
1: To prove that I don't have a mission because I think there's something greater pushing me. Mm-hmm. So it's not my mission. My, my prayer every morning is to let me inspire and motivate just one person today. That's what I strive to do. And as long as I keep doing things and doing where I'm guided and listen, things are just popping up. And a lot of people are like, yeah, you're creating opportunities. I'm like, and I'll tell them, no, I I don't, opportunities don't come into my life and I don't create them. The opportunities have always been there. Mm -hmm. We just didn't, we need to have the right mindset to see them and see what they are and the faith and courage to act upon them. Mm -hmm. That's where a lot of people miss it. You know, the opportunities will come. But when I get such and such, when I get this much in the bank, yeah. when I join this group, the opportunities will come. No, they're already there. You're just not seeing them because you're not ready for them yet. Mm. And the other thing I'll tell the people, they like, I got such big dreams. I want to do this and I want to do this. How are you doing it? Well, first of all, I'll tell them, don't tell a small minded person your big dream because they will always kill it. Amen. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, your dream was given to you, not to them for a reason. So if it was given to you that means you have all the things inside of you to carry that through you got to act upon it if you don't it's going to be given to somebody else how many times have we came up with a great idea and we don't act upon it then a month to two months later some other joker does the same thing we're like crap you know i thought of that a month ago you know
0: yeah yeah i mean you make a very valid point i, I just wonder if you're coaching me at all right now because i'm <laughs> i'm listening quite intently um
1: but i so you you gotta act and that's the problem now we live in an information overload society mm-hmm. with very little action we need yeah. to see something and act upon it and sometimes if you, people will wait till they get in the right frame of mind to start doing something no Get action going, create momentum, and it will come. Mm-hmm. That's no. where a lot of people miss the boat. You're absolutely right. It's, it's action, focus, and consistency.
0: Um, and, and people look at me and want to emulate what I've done. But when I show them exactly how much work it is, it kind of turns them off a little bit. Uh, and maybe they just don't have the amount of action in them to get to where they want to go.
1: Well, I you know, I was coaching a client the other day and actually I was on stage at Stacy's and I told this too. I said, you know, you, you, you guys have these big dreams. Everyone says, oh, you don't dream big enough. Mm -hmm. I said, that's only the first part of the equation. What all these other people are not telling you, you got a big dream. Great. So does everybody else. Mm -hmm. The problem is you have a big dream, but you got a small hustle habit. Yeah. Your hustle and your grind has to match the size of your dream Otherwise, it's just a wish. It ain't gonna matter.
0: Oh, we're making that a quote. Like I, I keep meaning to get one of those freaking buttons, like Zach Babcock has, that makes the noise when you press <laughs> when you say something so uh, so epic as that. But yeah, man, if uh, if the size of your hustle doesn't match the size of your dream, then it is just a wish. Wow. It is. Yeah, I, Th- that's I, all I love is. that.
1: People don't realize that. And the other thing is, they they talk about grit. But they don't understand what it is. And I tell them, grit is faith manifested. So in other words, I have faith. I'm going to get this done. But mm-hmm. faith, it doesn't require action. Grit requires action. Faith and grit. Or faith in action, excuse me, is grit. That makes a That's lot of grit sense. Manifested.
0: Yeah, grit manifested. It, wow. i dropping some bombs today, uh, Dr. <laughs> B. No, thank you. Thank you for that. I mean, so have you have you published a book yet are we are we there yet or have you not published because <laughs> I, mean, no. I know you've published loads of courses obviously yeah,
1: um, yeah no and, and that's because i've been too busy doing everything else
0: all right so, so you know it's so with oh no go ahead go ahead
1: about three weeks ago a buddy of mine was at um we were in dallas together when the ice storm hit buddy of mine says hey i gotta write a book we're in executives i said yeah he goes I want to write a book. I want to write a book in 120 days because I challenge you to do it. And he looked at me. I said, um, all right, I'll write a book in 90 days. I challenge you. Let's do it in 90 days. So mm-hmm. I started a little program called the master summit. It started today. It's eight weeks long. I'm going to have my book done in eight weeks.
0: All right. So are you going to ask
1: me what it is? I don't know yet. In a minute, it's going to be done
0: in a minute. In a minute, I uh, I made a similar bet and uh, I've actually booked some time away. I've booked time off work at the end of this month. I'm going for five days to shut myself in a little box and uh, and put this book together. Um, yep. my, mine's coming out in August um, purely because it just aligns with my birthday and it aligns with other travel plans and I want to do a book launch tour and stuff. But uh, yeah, mine is coming out and it's a it's about you know the 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 pathway from failure to where I'm at now. Um, if 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 I had to sit you down
1: right now and be like, right, ideally, what would your book look like? What would you write about? I have two books that I know what I want to do. That's good. I have two books that's going to be done this year. Mm-hmm. The first one is probably going to be the master summit, how you get to the base camp of a mountain and you got to make sure you're in the right tribe and you got the right tools. Then you map out your path going up the mountain to reach the summit. As soon as you step out and start going up that summit, Mother Nature's gonna hit you in the throat. Mm -hmm. with a blast of wind you're gonna have an avalanche you know you're climbing mount everest so that's how life is as soon as you make a decision to make a change the force of average picks up on that vibration it will throw something at you You i hate that
0: damn thing i hate that force of average
1: (laughs) you know i love it because here's what happens that tells me i'm on the right path of change if it didn't show up in my life there's no barometer
0: that's right you know mike mike claudio hit me with that the other day at execs he's like if, if it's, if you're not scared, you're doing it wrong. Like, all right. hell yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, a person said, are you afraid of living outside of your comfort zone? Mm-hmm. And I said, I gotta be honest with you. I have lived outside of my comfort zone for three decades. I don't know what it's like to stay in my comfort zone. I feel uncomfortable in my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm always out there. And all the high performers and all the other ones that I've talked with and know now, that's how they operate. And the average person is just the opposite. Well,
0: that's, that's been a big thing for me because, you know, I'm, I'm quite like an average person, um, except I've succeeded a little more and I have failed a little more. And for me, I'm at a point in my career now where if I jump, there's no going back to the comfort zone. Like it will never exist again. Um, until the day I decide to stop and, uh, you know what? I'm jumping. But boy, yeah. when you look at that and you go, there is no more comfort zone. It's all, focus and manifest and work and i get great joy from my work because a lot of what i do is 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 solving other people's problems and helping them but boy i tell you what it's it's scary to take that jump um do you remember a defining moment when you knew that hey this is it and i'm gonna be living outside in this hustle forever
1: um yeah when when i yeah it, it started a long time ago and i didn't realize it Mm -hmm. I didn't know that I knew it because I didn't know what it was again. I didn't have any mentors and I mean, I'm dating myself. This was way before internet. So I couldn't look up shit, but it was when I started, um, I started encyclopedia.
0: Like what is force of average encyclopedia Britannica?
1: Right. I mean, I started jobs and I couldn't hold a job. I was unemployable. So I just started mowing lawns. I started Mm -hmm. landscaping door-to-door vacuum cleaner, Kirby vacuum. Oh, we've all done that. That's
0: a rite of passage right here, right it, here. It, yeah,
1: and, and then the hardest one was Arlington Memorial Cemetery in Texas. I took a sales position. I was selling cemetery plots. No, you door-to-door. weren't.
0: No, you were selling small tract real estate investments. Like, what well, hey, you and I
1: talked as... about, yeah, I was selling small plots of land, door-to-door. I mean, but that hard, you know, looking back now, Mm-hmm. man that was perfect for me because it toughened me up it learned me it, oh yeah i learned yeah. not to what people slam door what they say about me it doesn't mm-hmm. matter to me
0: that's when i went door-to-door sales and uh, i did it as well late teens early 20s i, I don't talk about it much so i wasn't very good at it um but the one thing we'll, I we'll did, keep
1: it just between us okay? uh, all right
0: so the, the the one real thing that i learned from that that, that helped me to build a thicker skin um, was uh, and, and you'll take note because this is important when you're trying to sell shit, even on the phone or whatever. Some will, some won't. So what? And you just roll to the next one. You roll to the next one. But yeah, door to door sales, man. That's like, that's like teeth cutting for for a lot of sales professions. It's either that or car sales. And right? it's, it's it's interesting that uh, that you went door to door and sold. What was the what was the craziest uh, craziest door to door sales story you ever had?
1: I was doing a Kirby vacuum cleaner. And I it was my second day on the job, and I went in. I said, "Watch, let me let me. I'll do your bed. I'll pull all this weird shit out of your mattress. Just watch." So I went in, and the woman she was very polite. I remember her. And I turned it on, and it started sucking up her um, bed cover. It tore it all to hell. (laughs) And then I tried to get it out, and I so in me I thought, "Well, I'll just reverse it." So I hit it reverse. And it blew shit all over, you know, dead <laughs> dead skin cell, you know, all this nasty. Oh my god! Blew it all over her living room. I mean, it was horrible. And after after a point, she was so she just started laughing. She bought a machine because she knew <laughs> I was really trying. It, oh yeah. So yeah, that that was probably one of my. There's probably many um, different ones, but that was one that stands out the most. <laughs>
0: That's incredible. Like I was, I was just waiting for you know to tell me you vacuumed up something from under the bed that you shouldn't have seen or something. But no, that's that's an even better story. Just wreck wreck her comforter and she she buys a vacuum because she because uh, they were a
1: thousand dollars back then. They weren't cheap.
0: They're probably a thousand dollars now, still maybe even more. Um, I just, I just remember like um, being in somebody's house that couldn't really afford it, and and my boss coming around and selling them financing on this fucking vacuum at twenty nine dollars a month at yeah. like you know, god, seven thousand percent interest or whatever it was, and uh, that was the beginning of the end for me with Kirby. That didn't, that didn't sit right with me. I'm like, if they can afford it, fine, but like, ah, these dudes were browbeating them. Eh, anyway, I, that
1: that's when. That's when I left too, when they started just selling the crap out of them, you know, and I've sold gym memberships and you know, when you're 18, when I was 18 to 25, I had like 15 sales jobs, just doing odd stuff, trying to, but it was all training. You know, I didn't know it then. It really was. Now
0: it is like the shit I learned in my twenties about sales and closing and talking to people. It's a skill set I use every day. But oh you shouldn't discount that i don't want to go sell cars because it's like it's like cutting your teeth it's like it's, it's it how is. you learn
1: now it's a rite of passage that's why i love these guys that come in these 20 something years old mm-hmm. so if y'all are listening to this take note you slide in my dm say hey you know i'd love to coach you uh i can help you with life coaching and help you get the mindset you want i'm like really mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know or, or say, hey i hope your day is going good how can i help you you know, get over your fear of doing this or have you ever thought of this? I'm like, I get, I get like five a day now. No kidding. And it's like, come on.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna create spam accounts and send them to you because it'll make me laugh. So. Oh yeah, right. All right, so I do have a serious question though um, because you've mentioned several times that you, you, you dropped out of high school and then you went and got your GED and you, you ended up building all of this wonderful, wonderful business empire um, without coaching. Now, guys like me, guys like you, that's what we do. We do it ourselves. We're resourceful. We don't need no stinking coach. And then at some point, guys like me and guys like you wake up with no fucking money. And then we go, hey, maybe we did need a coach. So what was it like for you knowing and understanding and having the humility to reach out and hire a coach? And then what was coaching like for you and how did it change your outlook on business?
1: you know and I'll be 100% integrity and truthful. I did not have a coach until I got to Apex Executives.
0: Wow, no kidding.
1: Yep. Right. So and, how, and how's that working? Well, <laughs> you know, my coach is Chris. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. And so and I think after It was the all, physical violence.
0: Year, it was it was the threat of violence that got you doing the work then, huh?
1: After a year, I don't even think we've had one coaching call. Huh. It, it's more like, hey bro, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Hey, I need you to help me with something. Okay, so I'll talk with him. Mm-hmm. And then a couple times, like, hey, I did some. What you, was I integrity or not? It's more of a check thing. Yeah, is what we're doing. That's why yeah. you know I'm part with. I mean, we. Yeah, you re- I, I, you're
0: representing all the Apex brands today. We've got iconic and we've got hustle up there. I see. Shout out to Chris I, and and to Chase.
1: It, it is, it is. I, I don't have any of my clothes. I get clothes sent to me all the time. Hey, would you wear them for me? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah.
0: We, we'll get you a small business surgeon, t uh, t-shirt come out after this, you know?
1: Yeah. You're at stages. You're all over the, I want, I want you to, I'm like this. Yeah. So I don't have, my wife is, she ain't going to give me shit for Christmas. So, cause I already got all this other stuff. <laughs> oh, dude, but no, I,
0: I've actually got branded socks. If you'd like a pair, I can ship you some of those. too. <laughs> I'll bring some.
1: Um, but no it, on the coach thing. Yeah. Uh, I haven't had to officially hire a coach because I have so many people now inside of executives that whatever flavor of problem I have, I just pick up a phone and call somebody. Mm. I, I, I'm the kind of guy that I don't need someone to hold me accountable. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a rare breed because I'm in competition with myself. Yeah. I, I mean, I yeah. really am. And I, I made a post the other day and said, you know, at my age, I'm not going to try to outwork every, anybody or out hustle anybody, mm-hmm. but I damn sure will out sacrifice people. I will give up shit. That is my thing that I own. So because everyone's different. So I out sacrifice a lot of stuff. I'm always doing things instead of sitting watching TV and coconuts and bonbons. I'm I'm doing some shit, always learning. And I challenge myself to a book
0: you know, yeah. uh, create a course, Man, I'm, I'm working on that. I'd, I'd love to create a course. Um, but let's, uh, let's move towards a little bit more fun stuff about you. Um, I get great joy from reading books and, uh, I just wonder if you have read a book or one that's come across your desk in the last couple of months, that's been a standout that you can talk about for a little bit with the listeners
1: yeah and he, here's the other thing i have never in my here's a here's a fun fact i have never read a fictional book in my life wow now i mean now if you count when i was like eight years old and i read like brer rabbit or some stupid okay yeah but yeah but but i'm saying no i haven't because all through high school i ever had textbooks mm-hmm. and i failed out of high school yeah. then college you know i my biggest semester was 32 credit hours in one semester that's a lot wow dude i know yeah so you know those are you don't have time to read so uh, 14 years of just that and then when i get out it's all the motivational books yeah don't have i haven't read a fictional so um that would be a fun fact about me on the book so my favorite one if you ask lately would have to be two of them they're almost tied is three crap man <laughs> Brandon Brit- Brandon Brittenham's, yep the, mm-hmm. the you know the, the uh, w- that he just came out with and uh, then Chris Iconic yeah and then uh, Thomas Keenan's oh that's a, such a good book oh. those three yeah those three and I talk about them all the time mhm i have got
0: uh, i've got all three of those i've not read Brandon's yet i just picked it up the other day at the uh, the event there um, it
1: inspired me so much um i am pushing my wife to get her broker's license this year we are now going to get the broker's license hire a team we are we already have a team of agents that will jump over to what we're doing so we got that we i partnered with another executive who used to manage over 300 houses he mm. owns 60 houses he's coming in as a property management division oh wow we're doing construction and mortgage that's what we got we're we're building that whole thing I, i'm actually looking at four properties this week
0: man that's uh, that's something else um don't forget to have them look at the properties do all the due diligence and make sure it fits in the spreadsheet before you even get out your chair like that's what realtors oh. are for man make, make sure the realtor earns their money
1: <laughs> yes yeah. oh yeah 100
0: oh, like, like i sell real estate and I, I love selling to investors because you i i try to work with as many investors as possible and as few consumers because investors buy on data and I yeah. like data. I like painting pictures with data. I like data. I don't, I, I know there's an entire section of the market in real estate that buys on emotion. And uh, that's okay too. There's realtors that sell on that. But, but me personally, man, I love uh, the investor side of stuff. So make, make sure, like, I'd be like, hey, if it doesn't fit these criteria, don't send it. Like, it's, Numbers uh, don't lie. Amen. And, and, in investing if you get caught up emotionally that's where you'll lose your ass like look at the no matter oh, how yeah. cute the house is no matter how good the deal is if the numbers don't work stay away from it man
1: and um, you know when i when i went to brandon's event um, you were there yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a lot of people seen me there and they pulled me on the side they're like dr b i didn't know you're gonna be doing this i said yeah all right good i got cash if you're doing something you let me know Mm. I got hard, I got hard money. We'll do, we'll do a lot lower for you, but I want you involved in it. I mean, I probably got like 10 million if I need to raise it real quick to do shit. Let's so it's go. like, well, wow. the money has always been there. It like opportunities. It's always mm-hmm. been there. You just got to put yourself available. And now I'm putting myself in that marketplace and it's, it's crazy. What's what's happening. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's, I mean, the real estate market right now is just, just very, it's very difficult to navigate as uh, as as a realtor, uh, yeah. never never mind as an investor you know um, the last I, mean, I don't have any listings for sale right now um, I've got I've got one that's in escrow and the last two I've i have had um, they're in escrow uh, they're my team's listings the last two listings have had full price offers in under 10 minutes on both yeah with, without any any marketing just putting mm-hmm. them up on the MLS and boom and I'm like I'm worried that we're pricing them like we're pricing them high anyway, and they're coming in full price, and we're getting offers over and all within a couple of hours. And so, being on the flip side of that and trying to find the deals, we're having to go off market. We're having to, you know, oh, one hundred seriously hustle and, and find stuff to sell. And um, you know, the weak ones, the weak ones are going to get washed out this time, mate. This is going to be, this is tight, <laughs> like for realtors. Um, it, it's not a question of finding buyers; it's a question of finding inventory um
1: absolutely that's where
0: good marketing comes in well we're, we're picking up a couple of buyers a week um but the way we're getting inventory is boots on the ground it's the old yeah. school way it's it's hustling and and looking on uh, i don't want people to steal <laughs> steal this shit, but you, you know you know
1: sam one of the best things that we did I, it, it for your listeners In all my businesses, I always seen what the traditional thing was Mm -hmm. that people did. And I do the opposite. I really do. Mm -hmm. So my wife, when she last at the beginning of last year, she said I she got her agent license. And I said, Okay, we're gonna go buy a Jeep and we're gonna get a wrap on it, and it's gonna be neon Pepto Bismol Pink. Everything. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did. And we got her photograph on the side of this pink ass Jeep. Mm -hmm. And we got all her postcards, her signs, her websites. Keychains. I mean, everything is freaking pink. Yeah. So now we park her uh, Jeep outside the agent office, just parking on the lawn. Yeah. And I'll pick her up, and we'll leave it there for a couple. Of days. She gets more buyers asking her because of that pink Jeep. Mm-hmm. And kids come up. We've actually been stopped on on a back road with a person wanting to get out and take a selfie with the Jeep. People remember that. So the stupid stuff that's what's in
0: oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah no no doubt it uh it works i mean i don't have a pink jeep um but we have ways of making ourselves stand out in the crowd and, and attracting people in other ways rather than saying hey would you like to buy a house um yeah. yeah we do we do local local uh video magazine showcases we go around small businesses i interview people it makes me an authority in the space and then i'm like hey you know it's your favorite real estate
1: agent um yeah but we did uh right before school starts every year we we have the local school donate a bus and we put it in the parking lot of the agency on the main street mm -hmm. and we wrap it in pink and you know because it's my wife and we call it stuff the bus and we we are out there with the radio and everyone donates books supplies pens, and they all know who my wife is now plus i'm part of a a water bottling company i Mm -hmm. I own part of that so we have all these pink bottles with her logo we blast it all over the place. That little stuff is what makes a difference. That's how oh, yeah. the buyers come to us.
0: That's how they remember. It's, it's, it triggers them in their mind. And, uh, Huge. It, it's funny because, like you know, the the more I do this podcasting and consulting, the the, the less I do real estate. Now, I'll always keep a license, always, because I I especially the complex transactions, the commercial ones. That the, I I had to pay my dues to to operate in commercial real estate, and I quite like that environment, but. Like, I keep looking at real estate as like, hey, maybe I just backburn of this because, man, for, for what, the reasons that only the good Lord himself knows, uh, podcasting and consulting is fast becoming my mainstream of income, which surprised the hell out of me. You know? You,
1: you never, and see, with all the things that I own and that I'm building, none of this that I could really pass down to my kids. Mm-hmm. Real estate, I can.
0: No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. So that's why
1: I, I'm we within the next 10 years uh, I want a few I want several hundred houses indoors within the next 10 mm-hmm. years We're gonna have several hundred and we're working right now on doing storage units yeah right now yeah. Yeah. so that's, those things I can pass down that,
0: That's a big goal of mine is, is uh, actually storage units and light industrial in the city I'm in because of Mm -hmm. the expansion we're seeing and the amount of new homes that are being built, new apartments that are being built. What is not being built yet is uh, space for the the home services industries. And I think we're gonna see a a huge amount of demand for light industrial and especially storage. And I'd rather deal with that than with residential right now. yeah after talking to talk i've i've got contacts with builders with developers i mean we're trying to get our guys out in front of everybody as quick as possible and uh i'm seeing a little space in uh, in commercial and light industrial that i'd like to go and explore um and that really like if anybody's serious about real estate investing um that's a really good place to go and uh, to go make some money is that little light industrial units and stuff and maybe huge
1: and the other thing that's going big. It, the more construction that you're looking at in your area the contractor storage units with doors on each end where that's they can what, pull the trailers through
0: yeah that's what i mean i mean
1: you get premium rental you know
0: yeah light light industrial that's that's what i'm meaning uh so you got maybe yeah maybe a thousand or twelve hundred square feet of office space in, and and
1: uh-huh. two two
0: and a half to three thousand square feet of warehouse space you got the pull through and you put the racks in it for them and uh, yeah the the home services contractor those those kind of guys um, which I think, I, I mean, with, with as much demand as there is for that now, I mean, you can't get a good contractor within the next two to three weeks, you just can't. And, and mm-hmm. the majority of them are booked out months. Um, the remodel industries having uh, huge headaches because the new build industry's taking all the contractors. You know, yeah. it's, uh, um, everything, everything is out of balance right now in uh, in the real estate market, especially here. So, Because I'm in Texas. Yeah. So we're seeing immigration, we're seeing a lot of people move to the state and it's swelling our population numbers just immensely.
1: Uh, I'm looking at a place either in Texas or Florida Mm -hmm. where I'll bank my business out of for obvious reasons, then, you know, for tax purposes and everything else. So plus the other obvious reason I'm in Des Moines, Iowa, these winters get freaking brutal up here. Mm. I'll be heading down down more, a little bit warmer. As I get older, I like the warm better.
0: I you know, I feel the same way. I used to enjoy running around in the snow when I was a kid. I used to love it. And now, you know, maybe I just got soft, but maybe I like heated seats and my heated steering wheel, you know. <laughs> I like watching snow from the indoors. Right?
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. After that, and we just got 6 inches of snow yesterday up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. I, I man there's a joke about 6 inches coming overnight and I just can't I can't find it to fit it in the podcast in the right section but I'm sure I'm sure it was uh, it was in there somewhere.
1: All right. We are uh, you about... know it, it... Sorry, yeah it comes on. in spur it comes in spurts. It it comes in spurts. So that, yeah. It's...
0: I, I'm not you know, I'm not touching that you you laid that out there. It comes in spurts six inches at a time And uh, we're not gonna touch it. I don't think that's uh, that's appropriate at all <laughs> Goodness me. All right I got a couple more questions for you um, Well, what yeah, uh, what's that? I well the first one being that I, I just about always ask um, This show is aimed at guys that are a little bit behind us um, in business Okay, so Taking that knowledge and knowing that we're, we're trying to talk to guys that are maybe five or 10 years behind you know, where we're at and looking to come up, what's the one thing that you could have really done to have heard from a mentor five or 10 years ago that would have had a real positive
1: effect yeah. on you? And, and this was, I knew this, but I didn't enact upon it. And then when I read Thomas's book, it really kicked me in the nuts. Mm-hmm. Know your core, know who you are and know your core values, build your business, your relationships, everything around your core values. And I don't care, you know, you got to have morals first. You mm-hmm. can't have warped core values, yeah. you know, but most people do. They have good morals. Yeah, you know, they mean well. So build your core values around that and make sure you know who you are before you start building your core values. Because I thought I was Dr. Holly. Dr. Holly is a title that could be taken away. Mm-hmm. I'm still a doctor, right. but I identified all my belongings and my being with a title we're not a title we are so much more than that and once you get your core values dialed in then you hire you fire you take contracts you accept people in your circle based on the match of core values
0: and what happens then i I just have to add this to your point because what happens then is you only end up working with and serving the people that have the same core values as you it's like being surrounded by your friends but they're your clients I see. And it's a lot easier to turn the right client into a friend than it is to try to turn a friend into a client.
1: So huge, all right, huge. And people, you know, that motivates you to get up every day because you're, you, do you need a vacation all the time? Well, no, I don't live for the weekends. I'm having a blast during a week. Yeah. I see all my buddies. Yeah.
0: It's like people are like, you never stop working. I'm like, yes, but I really kind of like what I do. You know, I quite enjoy it. So yeah. it's, it's it's a balance. I see my kids every day. I make time for my hobbies every day and I fucking do business every day and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Mate, Brian, dude, I can't believe we're running out of time. It's been such a such an immense pleasure talking to you. My final question, sir, super easy to answer. Um, if the guys have enjoyed this and they want to learn a little bit about more, more about you and about the content you produce what's the best place to connect with you online
1: (laughs) it's just my name.com
0: Brianhawley.com. Brianhawley.com. all right we'll get that up in the show notes dude i really appreciate you coming and giving us an hour of your time and pouring into the audience thank you so much for being a part of the show sir it's been my privilege
1: thank you sir i i i've been waiting to get on here
0: thank you all right guys well we put him at the front of the list now we expedited uh dr b for you guys i i love this guy he's such a uh, a wealth of knowledge and a fountain of positive energy so uh, go check out his stuff we'll put the links to his socials in the show notes and uh, don't forget tune in on wednesday for the next episode of sam and kyle see what's up and then i'll be back friday with friday fire so it's monday turn this off unplug your headphones and get to work go and out hustle yourself and uh, i will see you guys wednesday for the next episode of the small business surgeon you will take care this has been the small business surgeon podcast if you've made it this far you clearly like it so go on itunes and leave us a five-star review this helps people find the show and spread the good word Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.